Listen, I'm going to be transparent about something. I love whiskey, not going to lie. For years, I would wind down at the end of the night with an old-fashioned or two or sometimes three. It helped take the edge off after a stressful day as a business owner, a partner, and a dad. And while I loved my chill nighttime routine, I started to really take notice of the next day effects it had on me. If I didn't wake up with a hangover, I simply wasn't as sharp the next day. I was sluggish and I lacked that that laser-focused clarity that I had built all my business success upon. It was gone. So I stopped cold turkey. But then I still had a hard time winding down at the end of a long day and an even harder time falling asleep and staying asleep. Entrepreneurs know that feeling when your body wants to go night-night, but your brain is still running 100 miles per hour. Yeah, that was me. And then I found Rebel Rabbit Seltzer. Their cannabis-infused high seltzers are individually packaged cans that are all-natural, low-calorie, and just enough cannabis to do the job without turning you into a zombie. It gives me the ability to wind down and recover after a stressful day, but without any of the aftermath that alcohol and full-blown THC would cause. I don't feel hungover. I don't get the munchies or any of that. It's just a calm, euphoric feeling that allows me to return to 100% the next day. If you're looking for a healthier and more productive way to shut down at the end of the night, I cannot recommend Rebel Rabbit enough. They have a variety of different flavors and strengths, so you could choose the one that's best for you. And right now, Rebel Rabbit is offering 20% off your next purchase when you apply our discount code GYMTALK20 at checkout. That's GYMTALK20. Visit their website at drinkrebelrabbit.com, order a variety pack, and take the edge off without paying the productivity tax tomorrow. You can also use the store locator tool to find a retail spot near you. Guys, I'm telling you, Rebel Rabbit has been a game changer. I hope it's one for you as well. Oh, hey, real quick, one more thing. If you want to keep up with Rebel Rabbit and be the first to know about all the cool shit that they're doing, their promotions and discounts, make sure to follow them on Instagram at DrinkRebelRabbit. All right, on with the podcast. What is up, guys? It is Stu, and it is another episode of the What The Fuck Gym Talk podcast. If you are making any plans to grow the business and you have not established what your financial model is, stop what you're doing and do that. If you don't know how to create a financial model, there's plenty of free shit I've made on the YouTubes, there's MGU, you can read Profit First uh, from Micro Gym Owners by John Briggs, you could hire a Profit First professional, you could hire me, um, you guys, there's plenty of options. You need one, you fucking need one. And if you're working with anybody, God damn it, if you're working with uh, a mentor, a coach, a guru, a guy, a girl, or whatever, and they've never brought up your financial model, you've never discussed it, you never even outlined it or just, you know, talked about the business from that per- from this perspective, then fucking uh, run, don't walk away from that that organization. They have no idea what the fuck they're doing. Here's what's up with the WhatsApp. I'm going to do a... Uh, a case study and share this with you guys. Um, there's no video on this. There's no, I'm not writing out the math. I'm just going to be talking while I'm, I'm driving here. Uh, hopefully my math isn't too far off, but I want to, I want to share with you a case study and see if you can relate to this. So I get on a call with a gym owner and they're doing, they're doing well, right? They are profitable. Their main element of their main reason they're profitable is because they are underpaying. They don't have any real staff. The owner is doing everything their current financial module, which they didn't have 
but I can go ahead and I can take six months worth of data and I can create, well, this is actually your current financial model, all right? So they're doing 30 grand a month and they are spending 20% of what they make on payroll, okay? So they're going ahead, they got 30,000 times 20%, that is $6,000 per month in payroll, all right? So they make 30, they spend six on payroll. The owner is very fortunate. The owner is not withdrawing any salary or taking any owner distributions. This individual uh, retired from another career. He is not in need of, to, of withdrawing cash out of the business, so, he want, so he's been like reinvesting it. Unfortunately, he's been fucking reinvesting it in neon signs and fucking assault runners and uh, you know colored barbells, which we'll talk about here in a second. And um, his wife makes a fuck ton of money. So he, this individual does not need to withdraw cash out of the business, which is great, which means he should be further ahead than what he currently is. When I mean further ahead, I mean a more sophisticated business than what he currently has. And when I say sophistication, I, I simply mean like I look at this, I'm like, oh, you're spending six grand a month on like five or six part-time coaches and a social media manager. There's, there's, I mean, it's you, like you're doing everything. And this, this guy loves it. Like, again, he's, he's not complaining about this. He's enjoying doing everything. However, the fact that he was able to have an early retirement from a previous career, he knows he does not want to be doing everything. And he truly is invested in wanting to create a career for coaches, a general manager, for the people that are going to help him build this brand and have helped him build this brand. So we look and I said, okay, this is your current financial model based on how much money you bring in, how much profit you have, how much you're paying yourself, how much you're paying your staff, your operating expenses, and your taxes. I break it all down. Now we look at this and I go, okay, you're only spending whatever, 20% of what you make on your staff. That's, that's not enough, okay? Like this, this thing has a lot of profit in it. Again, he has a real high profit margin. I think his profit margin was like over 35% because he's not paying himself and he's not paying the staff shit. And now he's trying to realize, okay, well, what, what am I doing? He wants to buy a building. He has aspirate, and I get it, which he, he still can. He's gonna be in a great position to do so, um, even with interest rates where they are. But we go ahead and we look at this and I go, listen, man, every problem you have in the business right now could be solved by reallocating funds within your financial model to payroll. So I'm essentially gonna take him from 20% of their total monthly revenue going towards payroll, and I'm gonna take it up to 42. So we're increasing up to 42. So if you guys are doing the math now, 42% of 30,000, that means he's gonna have $12,600 a month to utilize in payroll expenses. That's over double than what he had previously. Now we are able to go ahead and we're able to hire two full-time individuals who have salary and performance-based compensation structures, and we have a nice residual of around 13 or 1,500 bucks a month in part-time work. So um, we have a little variety of coaches. Those two full-time individuals, they get, a, they get sick or want to take PTO or whatever it is, they're going to be covered. But we get on this call, and, and this was the case study. They get on the call, and the call was, I have a good business, but I, I don't feel like, I, on paper, I have a good business, man. I'm profitable but I don't really feel like I have a good business. It doesn't feel like a business. Well, here's what a business is. A business creates careers. 
Businesses are not just defined by, oh, does it make money? No, because there's a lot of things that make money that are not a business, that are a job. Well, does it make money without you? So it's a business. Yeah, there, there's businesses that make money without the owner actively pulling the knobs. But in those scenarios, the owner is probably so closely, like, are so uh, closely um, in line to have to pull the knobs. Like, if something goes down, if they have a low, ba- you know, poor month in sales or one person quits or whatever, like, if you want to create a real business, you have to create careers. Show me any successful micro gym, any successful micro gym, and then show me the, um, like, give me the employee profile. How long has the longest employee been there? How much do they make? What is their role in the org chart? Where did they start in the org chart? Where did they move up? Those are the things I see in the successful operations. Now, there are plenty of models out there that literally churn and burn through low-skill labor, so uh, coaches and uh, you know assistant GMs and things like that at a really high volume. Doesn't mean that they're bad businesses. They have created careers for people, just they're more, they're higher churn, they're more nomadic. They're getting people at a certain stage in their life and that is not a forever stage. This individual has people that want this to be their forever thing. They are in a stage of life in which they are not just looking for that post-college job or that, you know, within college job or, you know, they're just having fun with it, figuring out what they want to do in life. They want an actual career. So in order to do that, that, you know, I looked at the financials, the first thing we did. Right, And I'm able to assess, I mean, anyway, like again, people who actually know what the fuck they're doing, we can, you can assess the business by just looking at the current financial model. I don't need any of your details. I literally don't. Like I, I get the details because I'm curious um, and, I, and I know as, from being an owner that the details matter to the owner. Regardless, the details matter to me, but at the actual initial like strategy, they don't. The less qualitative details I have, the better in the beginning, because it allows me to instantly just identify this is the problem based on what this owner wants as a solution or is what they, what they want as an outcome. Then once I've done that in black and white, now I can get the qualitative details. All right, tell me about these employees. How did they come in? Does this one want to go full time or not? Or why do you do it like this? Like then the details come on top, but if the details come first, the qualitative ones, they generally can cloud good business decision making. That's why you know people are like, oh, you're just so cold and calculated. No, 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 no. I'm not cold and calculated. I look at the numbers first so that I don't make emotional decisions or biases because I'm a human and I care about people. And I care about like the reasons why you're doing things. And I do. I, I like mission statements and I love all that shit. But I know that if I look at that first, it could cloud my decision making, which is the only reason I exist for these business owners is to help them solve these problems. So I have to look at the black and white first. So if you're looking to solve your own problems or you're working with somebody and you're not looking at just the strict black and white, not like, well, all right, so let me tell you about Coach Tim. Tim, no, fuck Coach Tim. I don't, I mean, like, again, I don't want to know about Coach Tim. All I want to know is his role in the org chart. Okay, I want to know what he costs you per month. I want to know what his role does, what the business expects from his role, and what the, that role expects from the business. Here's a great example in this exact conversation. 
in which the individual was clouded by the details, the qualitative details. Well, so that's Tim. So Tim is a part-time coach. Um, he, our part-time coaches are supposed to be working 20 hours minimum per week, but Tim is also uh, a fireman and he's, he's just been a great guy. So we, we only let him work eight hours per week and but I'm like, okay, cool. So instantly right off the bat, your org chart is situational. An org chart's supposed to have a role, right? A, what the business expects that role to do and then what that role expects from the business. That's essentially what an org chart has and it, you know, who they report to ultimately. Without knowing that information, guys, it's going to be really fucking hard for you to pursue growing this business if it's like, well, it depends, right? It just kind of depends on who it is, Stu. And then, you know, that role changes too much fucking detail, too much fucking gray. This is why your business is not growing. That's why it's so important to look at a financial model or create one if they've never done. And again, the financial model already exists. It's not something you really have to create. It already exists. Here's how you create a financial model. You take the last, let's say, six months of revenue. Okay? How much are you doing on average? And then I want you to go ahead and calculate how, what percentage of that revenue is going towards profit, is going towards owner pay in the form of distribution, is going towards payroll in the form of W-2 or 1099 uh, uh, staff members. Even the owner, if they are classified in any capacity as a W-2. And then I want to know how much is going towards operating expenses and then how much is being allocated for taxes. That last one is one's like, well, I, I just got to wait till the end of the year and I have never really had to pay taxes. Yeah, that's poor people problems, homie. I had a gym owner be like, man, I haven't had to pay taxes in fucking forever. I'm like... Are you making any money? Like, well, we write everything off, so we're, you know, we generally take a loss. I'm like, and that's fine. Like, that is part, of, that could be a legit tax strategy if you have other income or if you're not looking to borrow money or you have certain things going on. But when Jimbo, like, you know, uh, Jimbo's like, you, you know, I, uh, I don't want to ever have to pay any tax. Like, nobody wants to pay taxes, but guess what? A large tax bill, there's a, you know, it, it's a good problem to have. I've, trust me, I've done the thing where I've ran my fucking expenses up and I've written everything under the sun off and haven't had to pay Uncle Sam shit. And then there's, I've had scenarios where I've, you know, I, I have made a lot of money and I've got a very expensive tax bill and I do, we do everything we can to negate it and reduce the taxable income and, you know, do all the strategies and the things. I, I, I would take the latter. I would take the latter. I'm in a better financial position in the latter than the former where I'm like, I'm trying to be sneaky and write everything off to save 20% of my tax or like, or whatever the number is. It's like, fuck it. I like, I'm going to make a lot of money. I'm going to pay a lot in taxes and I pay more than the average person. I accept that. But it's because I have a financial model. I know that I'm bringing in X amount in time, total monthly revenue and that 10% of that I'm going to allocate to taxes. Guess what? That still leaves 90% of the money to be allocated elsewhere. Some of which is going to me. So it's like, you know, I can jack my operating expenses up all the way up and not have to pay anything in taxes. And that is, that's an option. Like, I mean, again, I'm, I've sat here and I, I'm, I've literally had seasons of that in my entrepreneurship where that was the smarter move. But if you're one of these guys that's just like, you know, you're, you're girls, uh, you're just constantly like, oh yeah, no, no, I never have to pay anything in taxes. Eh, 
I, I, I'm curious. I would love to see kind of where you're at in your season of business. It's at least I'm, I'm interested in the conversation to understand why that's such a thing for you. But that's then the, that's the beauty of having a financial model. And your financial model is based on a goal. So generally it's on a 12-month goal, short-term, three-year goal, um, longer-term, okay? Depending on what, sometimes I take it out to five. So I might call short-term three years and under and long-term five years or more. Like, you know, the guys I'm working that want to buy buildings. And I'm like, cool. Well, we got a five-year goal, which is great because hopefully interest rates have, have dropped by then. And we're going to, you know, your profit is going to be 10% of what you bring in in total monthly revenue. And that profit's going to stay in the business checking account or savings account as retained earnings. And we'll be saving up because uh, our goal is to get to whatever, $200,000, which would be 10% of a $2 million loan through the SBA. So that like, this is what it allows us to do. So in this case study where this individual reaches out, I'm profitable. I make money. But I just, Stu, it's just, it's definitely not a business yet. Like, yeah, because you, you haven't paid anybody. You don't have full-time people, and you have the money to do so. So having to show them how we play, like, three-card Monty with his money and move it around and reallocate it to different aspects of the business. I've got some uh, gyms too high a payroll, way too many people getting paid. to do, Like, it's a micro gym. You don't need seven motherfuckers, co you know, working for you, right? You need two to three full-time, full-focused people. That's what you need. Maybe a part-time coach here or there, depending on the scale, the size. But you don't need a lot of people. So if we have to reduce payroll, or maybe keep payroll exactly where it's at, just reduce the amount of people getting it so that there's less people making more money, that's something we can discuss. If you're always fucked up on your taxes and you're never allocating money, then we can talk about how much do we want to allocate per month based on what you did last year or projecting what you're going to do this year. Owner pay, like, you know, if you're like me and my wife want to buy a new home and I know that the bank is going to want to see me having a higher W-2, so I think I'm going to actually take a higher salary and reduce my distribution. So my owner pay goes down, but payroll will go up. Knobs, guys, they're all just knobs based on what it is you want to fucking achieve in the business. And if you are currently not playing with these knobs and business is not where you want it to be, you need to get fucking educated. Get fucking educated or fuck, hit me a, shoot me a DM on Instagram and let's get on a call. But if you're working with anybody who's helping you out in the business and you guys do not discuss this on a regular basis, you are fucking up, okay? You are fucking up, all right? Guys, that's all I've got. Financial models, understanding where all the money every month goes and creating strategies in the black and white, not in the gray. The gray comes afterwards, but start in the black and white of the numbers. All right, until I talk to you in the next podcast, have a great fucking day.